0: Pushing the boundaries of expectations, rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. We share your hunger for a life without limits. Hello, KBs, and welcome back for another session of edification celebration encouragement, a place where you are always championed. I am so glad to have you back with us today. StephenCanyon.com is the website. Hello, Miss Maggie. Hello,
1: Steven. How's my sidekick? I'm amazing. Your today. sidekick
0: is doing well too. Oh, good. Good it's to like see you. Christmas
1: morning in here today. You
0: changed your shirt.
1: I was I, I got hot.
0: You look like a hockey player or something.
1: Yeah, I did. It was a sweater though, and oh, I got warm.
0: Yeah. I like it. Hey, you know, yesterday we were talking about, and I was thinking, thinking earlier, we were talking about uh, some concert mishaps. Both of us are musicians and things that had happened that maybe were embarrassing when it first happened. Yeah. But then how freeing it is whenever you are able to deal with it in a way that you can laugh at yourself because it puts <laughs> you back in control of yourself. And then, and certainly, I am probably one of the, the biggest. Um, Laughters of self that you'll ever find that is true I'm, that's I, a
1: true statement I, yes
0: i love making jokes out of me <laughs> but the reason i was thinking about it is that you know what would what would be and i'm going to ask you this mm-hmm. what would be on the gag reel of your life i mean if all of those moments when the audience that has been been watching you they're and they're, they're watching this this reel of you mm-hmm. they what makes them burst out in laughter well, you or at least what would you imagine that thing to be
1: Well, that that question feels extra funny because i don't even i'm not sure if i was on camera yet or not but just a moment ago when i sat down i almost fell out of my chair <laughs> so i guess that's the first one
0: so it's more like um, more like a slapstick thing that when you you're tripping or probably you're bumping your head and those yeah, kind of things yeah but most likely you or
1: so? that or moments i've had moments where you know i'm I'm walking through life. I feel like I'm looking pretty good. I'm looking pretty good. And then I catch a reflection and something's ter- gone tel- terribly wrong, you know.
0: <laughs> and So you you would be, and I think those are, are egoist moments, when we think we're looking pretty good and you trip over your shoelace. Yes. But if well, you can laugh at that, oh, now yeah. that's medicine for the soul. Right. And actually that is the that beginning is of freeing yourself up from being – You know, ensconced and immersed in the ego. Well,
1: it's excruciating if you don't laugh. I mean, it's absolute torment to think that you have actually achieved that level of embarrassment. Um, So one time when I thought I was looking really good, we had just moved to California. Everyone there is so beautiful and tan and bronze and, you know, (laughs) they're also massively tall for some reason. (laughs) But anyways, I thought, I'm going to get a spray tan. Mm -hmm. Never had one of those Mm -hmm. before. So I went, I got the spray tan. And if you've never had a spray tan, they darken over time. So the first few hours, they, it gets you know fifty or sixty percent darker than what you think it is. So mm-hmm. I, I look in the mirror right after it's done. I look great, and then I go to the grocery store on my way home, and I catch <laughs> a glimpse of myself in the produce reflection or something, and it's just this hideous dripping orange <laughs> you've orange got the streams, color. The streams of, oh, yeah. of the
0: tan running no, down. And people are looking at you, going, "What?" Yes. What?
1: You know, <laughs> what I thought people that? were looking at me because I was so bronzed and beautiful. Uh, right? <laughs> Not the case. Oh, Not my the case. Heavy
0: is the head that wears the crown. <laughs> yes. The ego. That's it. And you know something that mm. is actually an interesting thing about the ego state of being mm. is that as soon as you can point at it and laugh at it, it will flee from you. It departs. You're no longer under its control. And that actually helps to transcend the enlightened state of being over the egoist sense by being able to laugh at yourself. Yes, Be careful not to laugh at others in their egoist state. You don't want to do that. Um, (laughs) But but turn it it towards yourself to learn from it. But
1: that's a good point. If people are laughing at you... I have to say, if you join them, with it, you. it diffuses everything.
0: With you. <laughs> Instead of yeah. you, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know something? We've been watching a lot of the Vienna um, Philharmonic.
1: Philharmonic
0: Orchestra concerts on, on TV at, mm-hmm. in the evening, right before you go to sleep. About maybe 30 minutes of so a nice. Beethoven's Ninth or some of the others. What was the one with the strings? It's all strings, us um, Adagio. Adag- beautiful. Google, hey, KB's, Google the Vienna uh, Orchestra. Okay, so you say it.
1: So Google Adagio Four Strings Vienna Philharmonic.
0: That. Google that. (laughs) It is beautiful. (laughs) The venue is outdoors, and there are tens of thousands of people in the gardens. Mm -hmm. And put it on a big screen, turn it up, and enjoy it. I get chills just reliving it and thinking about it. But it is beautiful.
1: One of my favorite things about that piece is it's one of the slowest, I guess you could call it a slow burn. So from the moment the strings touch, the bow touches the strings to the the final moment, it is the slowest and the longest crescendo I've ever heard. It is stunning. And I am brought to tears sometimes. I slept <laughs> when I so to good it.
0: through the night, having had that in my spirit and in yeah. my mind. And, and, and same here, uh, I slept through the night. But and also, you shared with me, speaking of music, and we watched, um, and it's really a long it about an hour and an hour and a half. Beethoven's Ninth. Yeah. And what a work of genius! What an amazing piece, the Beethoven's Ninth. Yes. But then you shared with me a letter that he wrote to his brothers, and it was at the time in his life where he began losing his hearing, and I think actually he had been seeing some doctors, and he said that they uh, didn't help. In fact, Mm. he said made it worse, and the, the letters that he wrote to his brothers was basically saying that he couldn't go on and wasn't sure how he was going to. But then he summed it up by saying that, you know what, I have a call on my life. I've got this gift, this art, this gift of art. And hearing in a way that the average person cannot hear, I can hear from the higher essence of being, these melodies, these these complete works of art. And so I'm going to stay here for a purpose. And that purpose is for me to continue to compose and present this gift to the world. But in his musings in the letter <clears> – <throat> which was i think they found it 25 after 25 years after he passed away or something.
1: Yeah, he never actually sent it. Right.
0: Never sent it, but he wrote it in, in 1802 i think it was. And he had was on vacation away from Vienna and was writing this letter. But then he said something like he was disgusted with his deafness of course he would be, who wouldn't be. And was basically saying that oh uh, Providence grant me at least one day of pure joy mm. because it 's been so long since I really enjoyed um, that sense of peace and and having that sense of joy echoing as he put it in his heart mm. now here 's Beethoven I mean, and you're wondering, how can you not be joyous to have the ninth coming through you? But then he went on to explain it, and it was because he, was, he said he was humiliated when out in public at the thought of someone being able to hear something that he could not. Maybe it was a shepherd singing, or perhaps someone listening to a flute off in the distance. And those kind of things, he said, would bring him to the verge of despair. And I think the takeaway here, and and certainly not to pick on Beethoven by any means, and and God forbid anyone should ever uh, suffer the same fate that he did with his hearing, but on perhaps a more superficial level, the takeaway is that when we begin to compare ourselves with the abilities of others, the end result is always going to be despair. We're in the egoist state of being. Now, to his credit, he did emerge out of that victorious, and he found that deeper sense of purpose, that genius of purpose within that he dug down into. And he said, you know what? I am here for uh, putting out this great work of art, and I know that there is a higher purpose for me being here. and uh, And he embraced that. And lived out the rest of his life, and, and until his, I think fifty-seven or something, but found that higher calling. And so, and, and that's the takeaway: is again recognizing the difference between the egoist state of being and in, in comparison and competition, and what can you do or not do, what do you have or not have, what's your education versus mine, how much money do you have versus me, and then it, it, when we transcend that, we we. Get into the, the uh, perpendicular way of living and, and recognizing, you know what, your gift is mine. Mine is yours. Mm-hmm. We're all connected in, through oneness and the oneness of love, the oneness of purpose. As I go, we all go. As you go, we all go. And I think that's where Beethoven got to in recognizing that he had a higher calling on him, and that was to put out the, the body of work that he did with his life.
1: Do you think that it would have even been possible for him to to overcome some of those self-loathing perspectives that he was developing?
0: Well, it, it appeared like he did. And and I think even in his musings he he at least embraced it and had he not been able to get come over, uh, get over it, I don't think we would have been listening to Beethoven's Ninth a couple of nights ago.
1: And that's that's incredibly true and you know it's it's interesting to think about the Ninth from that perspective because it's quite a celebratory piece i mean you can feel Absolutely. the yeah. the the joy exuding mm. from from every movement so you wow. you even
0: said in the middle of it this is such a happy piece oh yeah you, in you, the, you uh, said that you pointed I, it out
1: yeah i think it's in the second movement when those french mm. horns come in and yeah. they have that that round robin that they do oh it's just on oh, the staccatos, the
0: titan the staccato yeah. and all the instruments <laughs> together and, yeah, are we nerding very, out over maybe Beethoven. <laughs> so but let's let's back up here for just yeah. a minute because i think the point that i'm wanting to make here is that when you are steeped in ego, which is identifying with things, with people, with thoughts, with forms in the imperialist world around us, chaos and confusion seems to be everywhere that you look. And the world, it appears to be untethered. And for a lot of people that, you know, this is your way of life is spinning wildly out of control. But reality, that's what we believe it to be. Whatever you think it is, that becomes your reality, at least your subjective reality. And so you're going to, you know, there are the consequences that come from believing a certain way about a certain thing. So the takeaway here is that don't look to the government, for example, for your supply to meet your needs. Don't look to other people for your supply or for validation. Don't look to your family for your supply or for validation or for purpose. The universe contains... Source. It contains the source for all things, and the universe as such is your supply. Now, why is this why is this so important and vital that we know this? It's because as long as we rely on natural, fallible sources, the authority of our kinetic belief, it, it's not an operation. It's there, it's available to us, but it's not an operation which blocks the universal supply from manifesting us with the abundance of our desires. That's why so many people will go through their entire life wishing and hoping and dreaming and dreaming and hoping and wishing, but none of these things are coming to pass for them.
1: Are you telling us that there is one ultimate source for identity, income, finances, inspiration, that there's one infinite source that we're pulling from?
0: Ah, Meg, you're a KB. You know that. Yes, absolutely. Isn't that true? There is one source that we can count on. Now, we can count the, on. the answer to your question is you can make anything yours. I can make this glass of water my source for dinner tonight. I'm probably not going to be fulfilled from it, but it, we get to choose. Right. You get to choose to make the government or your family or the next-door neighbor or um, visa Whatever you want to choose to make your source, you have the authority and the, the dominion to do that. What mm-hmm. I'm saying is that you choose, if we choose correctly, you are seeing that the, the, the sustenance for all that you could ever hope for is warehoused in the universe, mm-hmm. waiting for you to move your attention and belief toward that to be your source so that it can begin that process of attraction toward your kinetic belief, the thing that you're not wavering for to receive. Because in all of this, it is vital that this be established in our daily perspective as a way of life and in our beliefs.
1: You can really see it, the way you're you're telling us about this, you can really see how that perspective is also going to help us not be pushed off track so easily. For example, let's say that you are you need a loan for this new business that you're starting and the loan doesn't come through, but if the loan was your source, you're dead in the water with this new business. But if you're always looking to the source, you just understand that that just wasn't the avenue that the universe is using this time. It's going to be using something else, which is, um, well, that's a big deal.
0: (laughs) 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 It's a big deal. It's a big deal in that, you know what, you could receive money every single day from Visa. You could receive it from the bank. You could get it from the government once a month. You could receive money every single day, borrowed or not, and Mm -hmm. still stay in poverty and lack. Yes. Because you may love who you were even created to be. Maybe you've been doing some of the journaling, and you're finding out some things about yourself that you just didn't realize before. And you're thinking, hey, you know what? I'm not that bad after all. I like the frame that's around me. And hey, this I'm pretty cool. I'm, I'm going to go with monster. this. not a monster. And I'm not a monster, even in my weirdness. And so you might be believing yes. that you can, okay, I get this. I can attract my desires. In fact, I've been doing it. That explains why. These mysterious things have been happening to me. I've been thinking about something, and it's showing up in my life. But do you really believe that the universe contains your abundant supply? Do you really believe that? Because one way to know what you really believe is ask yourself this. Mm-hmm. Is the universe your supply when your, your idea of your creator is your plan B? Oh, wow. Because, look, the avatars of life— they don't have a plan B. I mean, they go to the source first and last. They don't live by what they see. They don't live by the, the the limited supply that's around them. Here's a question. What do you do when you want to buy a house or a car? Or when an unexpected expense comes comes knocking at your door? What do you do? If your first thought was a natural source, for example, loans, there's credit cards, and and there's people that I know, as a kinetic believer, you answered incorrectly. Now, this doesn't mean that you shouldn't have a job or that you should not ever take out a loan. But what it does mean is that your first thought should go straight to your uh, creative authority, to call things into being, to attract from the universe as your supplier, mm. to seek the counsel of wisdom from the higher source within. You know,
1: you just said that this should be our first thought, and so it has me wondering: Is this something that you are by um, by choice that you're choosing when when a uh, one of these circumstances is presenting itself, or? Is this an instinct that we can develop so we're just – we're not even thinking about it. It's just you, you automatically have trained yourself to go to the source, believe the source, look to the source.
0: Well, sure. I do. It does become second nature and becomes easier, but easier in the sense that it never loses the thrill of the adventure, and it, mm. it's always exciting and fun. And, and it's a practice, though. But why is it a practice? It's because we are living in a world that's going in any other direction. And so the temptation to take the easy way out, to take the, the handout, as opposed to digging down and creating and, and perfecting that ability to receive unctions of wisdom and knowing where to go and what to do and how to journal and what to blueprint for, and putting the essence of your purpose out there first so that when you do manifest, it's going to be a blessing to you. And it's going to be fun to you. In other words, you choose your hobby carefully because you'll be, if you don't, you'll, be, you'll, be, you'll spend a third of your life playing golf. And not that that's a bad thing, but if it is, if you don't want to play golf, choose your hobbies carefully, choose your beliefs very carefully. Most people want to believe in a higher power as being their source. But when it comes down to it, their actions always speak louder than their words, when we've been trained by the world, in other words, to take natural options as our source, mm. it's in the magazines. We get the advertisements. Try to Google something and see if you don't get just bombarded with all of these these, these uh, uh, resources and, and solutions to your problems. Even to rely on them just exclusively, that's the temptation. And some people have fallen for the trap. Most people fall for it. And they make the supply house of the universe, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen, they make all of that their plan B, Mm. choosing instead to rely on things like credit card debt, loans, um, government assistance, parental support, a job, or maybe an employer, Social Security, Medicare, all of those things. And then, Meg, when natural means begin to fail... In, in whatever way, that's when a lot of people will fall to their knees and begin asking for divine help, help from the universe, help from God, some, you know, some other divine um, uh, being, please come to my rescue. And they, they start asking for help then when all along they had access to the best plan of all.
1: You know, this picture you're painting, it's really a posi- – it's, it's showing us in a position of power because what you just described, when the natural sources fail – we're quite literally. We begin to beg, and we begin to, to become so desperate. And desperation is never good <laughs> when when manifesting, because manifestation requires power, authority, uh, a sense of identity, knowing knowing who you are and what belongs to you. Um, and so, I just think it's it's such a, a vast contrast. The what you look like in the posture that you're in when you're going after these natural sources versus the source, the true
0: source. Uh, You know, yes, desperation is often a symptom of an identity crisis, but it also means that someone is impatient Mm. more often than not. And by that I mean one of the biggest enemies of making kinetic belief the key that unlocks the provision of manifestations is impatience. The universe, it takes too long to respond. People will think, well, I need this now. I need this instant gratification, or this. I have this problem today. You don't understand. I need to get this fixed right now, and I'm going to have to wait forever to get a house if I do it this way. If I take 100 days to work through the law of attraction uh, <laughs> guided manifestation uh, <laughs> book, then then uh, I'll never get my house. I need it now. I, I can't afford to pay cash for a car. I need to borrow the money for it. The plan put into motion from the moment of inflation, from the big bang that created all that there is, that slung this universe into its position to expand is for you and for me to have everything you'll ever need including everything you desire that is the plan mm. and and to have it when you need it and it's not it's never before it's always when you need it but you've got to do it the way that aligns with how the universe was set in motion and this means investing all of your confidence in the authority of your expectations investing your confidence in your beliefs the the power and authority of your belief as a creative creator and 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 investing confidence in your truth that you choose and not just when you run out of all the other options
1: you've spoken in the past about the concept of maintaining healing so not waiting until you have a malady or an an ailment to to speak and receive and manifest healing but it's something that you're doing on the daily Mm. so i'm wondering if this is also something that we're supposed to be doing when we're seeking the source the the true source for Um, well, whatever our needs may be. Is this something we're supposed to be doing every single day or is it simply attached to a need?
0: It it doesn't work if you don't do it every day because we're pushing through obstacles. We're pushing through the the, um, resistance Mm -hmm. and the world is full of the alternate way. It's always offering up a, a, a counter version of what you're hoping to receive. Harper Lee wrote in her novel, To Kill a Mockingbird, She said, real courage is when you know that you're licked before you begin, but you begin anyway, and you see it through no matter what. Real courage. In other words, when your ego is saying to you, guess what? You're not going to be successful. You're not going to win. You can't finish what you've started. You're starting this business, and you know you're not going to finish. You're going to fail. You're going to lose it all. Mm-hmm. But you follow your higher sense of self, and the outward expression of that courage pushes you through. You cannot fail. Mm-hmm. You will not fail. When you put your the the fullness, the full power of your belief that you're adhering to and relying on as your truth, your subjective truth, is your objective truth in that it doesn't require validation. You don't need somebody to show up and say you're doing the right thing because anything that bumps your relationship with original source out of first position, that is a code red situation. It would be like relying on we were just in the Baltic States. It would be like relying on an inflatable raft somewhere between Croatia and Italy, with a <laughs> hole in it. When you've been invited to board a this big, beautiful yacht sailing next to you.
1: Wow, it's interesting too because when you when you consider the natural sources that you described, the the obvious, you can see every single step to receiving what you need. Hmm. Whereas with the universe, with the true source. All you see is the knowledge of I will receive what I need. And you don't really know any of the steps from here to there. And so it's it's you can see how the natural source speaks to our ego and it speaks to our desire to to see every leg of the journey to see exactly how it's going to work out.
0: That's so true. but And this is the practice of being a kinetic believer and, like you say, making it a way of life because there are steps involved that we take that activate the universe, the law of attraction, and manifest in your life exactly what you're believing to you receive. Mm-hmm. And there's five modalities to kinetic belief, and we, we talk about it, and this is the thing that you're journaling. And this is how you're creating a blueprint to live and experience the life that you're imagining to live. And this works anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world, because regardless of where you live, the government, your family, your savings account, your retirement account, your credit cards, all of those things can fail. And the endless substance of a creative source, it will never fail. So you don't make it your plan B. Hmm. The universe is your supply when you believe that it contains your supply. And that means showing a poverty mentality the door. And I like to say, take it by the earlobe and walk it out the door. If that doesn't work, get the broom and chase it out of there. (laughs) Don't allow it to stay where you are. It means that you've got to stop wondering if the bias of creation really wants to increase you. In alignment with the expansion of the universe. And that's what increase is. We're in an expanding universe and you align with that expansion. You're riding a wave. You're not doing something that the universe isn't doing. Mm-hmm. It, it just doesn't look like it is where you are because there's, it's fallible. Um, things that you can see and touch in this sensual realm around you are fallible. And if you align, uh, align with the fallible, guess what? You fail. But aligning with the expanding and increasing universe, you cannot fail. And it certainly requires pushing the mute button on all of the what-ifs and all of the yev butts in your vocabulary.
1: (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Pushing the mute button. I'm doing it right now.
0: It's up to you. It's a choice. (laughs) Yes. Because when you learn to make the universe your go-to for the supply of your desires, To really know and to believe that the universe contains everything you could possibly ever need. That's where it comes from. In fact, you're not going to ever get something, even if someone hands it to you, that did not come out of the universe. Mm. You're just looking to that person as your source instead of the source. And so your life will move from stress to peace, from lack to abundance, and from confusion to certainty when you look to the source as your source.
1: So when we uh, when we are listening today and we're thinking okay how do I seek the source on the daily? Is this simply the life of the kinetic believer, the five modalities, journaling, highest viewpoints, affirmations, every thought into captivity, is that how we're seeking the true source?
0: Well, it is, but you know something about the five modalities that we talk about, even those five modalities, even if they are all in alignment, and and you've got your desire working with your imagination, working with your gratitude and your words and, and your action. All of that, you've got it all lined up. But if you are not in unconditional love, it will not work. In other words, have faith in Source, in your Creator, in the power of unconditional love. And then your life will be forever changed while operating in those five modalities of kinetic belief. Wow. wow. Megan, you know, being a KB… It's so exciting, isn't it? Because that is the key to ending the the daily struggle for anybody. Mm, Yes. It was for me, and it was for you, and it was for thousands of other people. It ends the daily struggle. I am telling you right now, if you're struggling, KB, being a KB, working and operating in kinetic belief – understanding the, the mental transitional uh, process that you go through, in, in changing the way that you react, changing the way that you see things, changing that lens – uh, for life. That ends the daily struggle. And that feeling that you just, you can't get that in front of ev- everything life is throwing at you in any other way. It's moving from opinions. And being a KB is, re- is moving from subjective realities to revelation knowledge. And it's centering yourself in the midst of insights from within, f- uh, with the clarity of higher consciousness, just like Beethoven did in all the avatars of life that we still talk about hundreds of years after they walk the earth
1: you know something very cool about what you're describing this process is that all of the the facets of life that we're utilizing they, they already exist and so I love, you know, we already have conversations every day. We already have thousands and thousands of thoughts. We say, we speak things throughout the day. We're already functioning in all of these outward projections and demonstrating what we're thinking, what we're believing. So I just love that we can literally take things we're already doing all day long and just reframe them repackage them attach positivity to them attach excitement to them to demonstrate our belief and and I guess the point I'm making is it's not a lot of extra work it's a shift
0: it, that's true. It's a shift, and we are casting down the imaginations that come in and try to move you away from what you're believing to you receive, mm. and it's changing the way that we think about things yes. and changing how we react to life and news and things going on around us, because all of that, those are keys to these insights that we're talking about, mm. because, look, you've got to lift your eyes up to Source. Instead of looking down at your bills or your negative circumstances, Mm. it's where we're casting our gaze, where we are choosing to look and and move our attention toward. Because what observation is what changes things. So, what are you choosing on purpose to observe? So Mm. many people are inherently attracted to chaos. We were talking about this. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know when every, we were talking last every, night, Every day. early morning. Uh, we were talking about it yes. earlier, Man, and they gravitate toward it, and it's a, an addiction, mm-hmm. and um, and and they cause it, and or they or they if they don't cause it, they just like to observe it, and some some do both of those things. Um, what does it say, people? People like a a, a good. Um, uh, they like chaos until it becomes their own yes <laughs> and so they'll they'll gladly be an audience yeah. for that chaos is a science of surprises really and it's of an the the nonlinear or of it's unpredictable and chaos or confusion uh, m- which is madness it's where there's confusion there is a lack of understanding where all of that stuff is going on and so today um, what we know, people that are, they don't have the right lens for, for living the life we're talking about, then chaos is what they know, and what they know then produces the reality of chaos. Mm. And it's really, it's just a construct of the egoist perspective for the world in which we're living. The universe here, it's it's taken to mean the the totality of creative beings, uh, both that are in, uh, ensconced in the materialistic and in those that are spiritually um, uh, transcending above the materialistic way of life. And the order of the universe is, is so complex that in, in our relationships, one with the other, the, the one who's enlightened and, and transcended the egoist state of being, that is relating with somebody who is not, for example— Because that's the fact of life. Mm -hmm. We have to do this. We have to do this in a wise way. These are the relationships. And so the order of the universe, it can be considered from several points of view because of this. We can look at the universe scientifically. We can look at the universe purely uh, philosophically or theologically. And what I am most excited about now, Meg, is that we are – Right now, for the first time in the history of history, living at a time where uh, theology and and, uh, psychology and and, uh, philosophical musings and scientific uh, uh, research have all come to this place where the roads have intersected and are proving out the things Mm -hmm. that we talk about as being um, a fact. And because people subsist in life, for a lack of understanding, I think that this is, and, and, and when they don't understand, they will embrace one of these these thought disciplines over another. But as maybe the religionists and the scientific-minded come to a consensus that only one can deny by denying oneself and inner self and denying actually the facts that they're uh, that that the the wisdom of their maybe it's theology or science is, is putting forth and the the material that they're writing and the books that they're writing and all of the research that's proving and showing out. Uh, you have to really be in denial to not see the the. Um, Empirical truth of what before was only believed by faith, and so people are subsisting in this life for a lack of understanding. They suffer when they chase after chaos, even when they know better. That's what I'm trying to get at. Even if a person knows better, they have the they just know that they know. There's an unction within them. There's light within them that is being suppressed on purpose. And human beings in the natural state, the spiritual person having the natural experience, are meant to live an extraordinary life. We are meant to live wealthy and to be expanding along with the universe and to be healthy and to call things as we want them to be and to be joyous and to be happy. And um, But what happens is people perish when, when chaos becomes them, when they observe it and adhere to that as opposed to the higher way of being.
1: So as we're gaining under. Understanding- Standing on the process that goes into always seeking the true source for anything and everything that we need. Um, let's let's just have a, a practical example here. So let's say that my laptop shuts down, and I don't have readily have the money to just go out and buy a new one. Do I start seeking the source for the laptop, or am I? Do I need to go above and beyond that and just receive abundance? What is the next step? How are we overcoming the obvious natural fear to seek the source?
0: The first thing you do is to deal with the emotion of it and make sure that you are in gratitude, not for the laptop shutting down, but for the new laptop that's coming. Mm -hmm. The more time you spend in uh, a state of uh, anxiety, anger. Um, fear the, the and that's you're going to continue to sustain that by not attracting the new laptop in fact you will continue to manifest a laptop that is <laughs> broken wow. and then the next thing is to not be surprised by the laptop when it stops not to expect it but not to be surprised by it because and knowing this teaches us to expect the unexpected because after all we are here as observers not as victims. And anything is possible. And in the midst of all things being possible for the one that sees all things working together for good, in the midst of that um, uh, random occurrence of that thing that you weren't counting on or expecting, because you shouldn't be trying to control things anyway. Look at that as an opportunity for the new laptop, and begin working on your modalities in gratitude, and imagining what you want. And you're going shopping, and your your the the sh- the store for your shopping expedition is the universe, mm-hmm. and then it's going to provide in a way that most often you least expected it.
1: I love how you keep using that word opportunity, and st- because what most people would call problems, setbacks, hurdles. As kinetic believers, we see those as opportunities, opportunities to have more. The bigger the better. We know it's gonna be always more than we could even possibly imagine.
0: The the bigger the obstacle typically you know, the first thing I'm saying is, Oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> this is really gonna be good. <laughs> yes. And I need to clear out more space for what's coming because, you know, this this is being taken care of that I didn't even have put my hands to.
1: And I have to say that's a very powerful point, what you just said, because you really do that. I mean, it's not just something that you're saying here on the podcast. When something appears in our life or in in your life, I know that you actually always immediately start speaking gratitude and the positive outcome and you say it out loud. I mean, you begin putting a demand on on the best outcome immediately. I
0: get excited. Yeah. And I do it by I stir myself Aggressive. up and and I I, I yeah. had to do that in the beginning, Meg, by uh, stirring myself up, up to do it and saying, okay, I know this is the way I need to be responding to what looks like on the surface, a negative thing. Yeah. But to what you were saying earlier on the podcast, it becomes easier because you have now experiential knowledge and you know that it works and that really something greater and better is coming. Mm. All of this is vital to being able to attract your best creative life.
1: It does get easier. And that's something that I always find so exciting because I sort of equate it to, like, I have, because obviously the thing that I equate it to the most is playing the violin. And I will, I remember because my, My sister plays the violin, too, for people who haven't listened recently. And we've played in weddings all the time together. And I remember so distinctly, you know, you're playing this piece that you've played a million times and you're playing it for this 15 minute processional. It just goes on and on. And I remember so often we get five minutes in and I've been checked out for the past five minutes, because it, it's instinctual. It's, it's muscle memory. And so I love this idea that we can develop a muscle memory around seeking the source, immediately doing the right thing, and becoming so highly skilled at being a kinetic believer.
0: When we say muscle memory, that's actually another way of saying uh, peace. You develop a peace about playing that wedding, and it's a second nature, and it's natural. There's a peace about it. It's absent the stress of, how am I going to handle this? Well, that's peace. Mm. Having the ability to cast down observations, any kind of negative source ideas um, or negative imaginations, that is essential to enjoying the expanding life of peace that is a promise to the kinetic believer. Mm. And from the moment that we enter into the natural, when we dropped into this place— we're, we grow to, to experience temptations by the alternate passions of choices that are all fear-based, the immediate gratification that if I don't grab this and take it, even if it's wrong, then I'm not going to have it. Mm. Like moths to the flame, the human creative soul, soul is attracted to the noise of confusion and chaos because it's steeped in the egoist sense of identity, which says, if I don't continue to throw uh, fuel to the fire, then it's going to diminish to nothing. And so it it, it wants to live, and it needs the the chaos of... A moving target and things changing every single day in order to survive because it's not anchored, it's not it's not rooted down in eternal truth, and so it it wreaks havoc. It makes wow. a mess of life. Mm. No, but unconditionally loving your what you are attracted to, as far as curiosity is concerned, loving your inner genius. What are you interested in? The qualities that make you different than anybody else in the universe, different than your family, your, your siblings. What is it that really makes you different? Direct, directing all of, all of that attention for observation into your inner self. And most often, you don't have to do this for very long to come up with some answers because you've known in a crowd, and you look around, how many times have you looked around, and, and especially in college, and you go, I don't belong here, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Especially in college, I don't know what's going on, in here, but
0: this this is not me. But throughout the universe, there are That's systems. Right. There are systems that, despite being inherently chaotic and unpredictable, just like in our own little personal lives here, they tend to, absent observation, and when you you try not to get into the antics of predicting an outcome. Even what appears to be chaotic tends to naturally become ordered. Chaos, confusion—all of that is just—it's is, just every other uh, potential possibility. That's all it means. It's just randomly all mixed together. And it's like dropping a a marble on a spinning wheel with black and red. And it looks like chaos because anything could be possible, and not till it lands on a particular color does it begin to make sense. So randomly mixed together, you have confusion and the improbability of any certain outcome. And it can only exist where there is no resistance. And it can only exist where there is uh, no observation to an outcome. And why this is important is because order is brought to chaos. Order is brought to the confusion that you may be living through right now in your life. And you're sitting there thinking, I don't know what to do. I'm confused about what I should be doing down at the the office. Confused about my family. I'm confused about my lover. I'm confused about life. I'm confused about my future. Order is brought to the confusion where there is a bias or where you have an intention with an unchanging belief that you are pinning and putting into a journal and that you are revisiting it and creating it as an article of faith but now while most traditional science what it does is it just deals with all of these supposedly predictable phenomena like gravity and electricity or uh, chemical reactions there's something called chaos theory which deals with the nonlinear things that are effectively just, it's really impossible to predict or even to control. And it's, it's that uncertainty or chaos only because nobody has observed a possible outcome. And when I say nobody, that is a creative creator with authority and dominion to be able to, to extrapolate from the universe exactly what you want to experience. For example, just things like turbulence or weather which has been really crazy in the United States recently, or the stock market, because the outcome is not in the present moment. These things only appear to be chaotic. However, when you observe yesterday's weather or yesterday's stock market, what the outcome? It's clearly defined, isn't it? You're stepping out of the moment for um, to extrapolate the the outcome. All, these phenomena are often. They are predicted by fractal uh, mathematics, which captures the seemingly infinite complexity of nature. But to all of this, there is a caveat, which I think is vital to the kinetic believer. Anything that a creative human being having this natural experience can think of or imagine is possible to an expected outcome. Mm -hmm. So now all of a sudden, we remove ourselves from the uh, abstract of chaos from the energetics of confusion now, and why is all this important it 's because we can keep our cool when everybody around us seems to be losing theirs <laughs> that 's what it means and, and there, there, there's a there 's a certain outcome to all things, and for the kinetic believer, if you are expecting the best remaining steadfast in your your elevated transcended higher being in relationship with unconditional love you are then aligned with the best outcome where there is nothing to worry about there is nothing for you to be in a hurry about and there's certainly nothing for you to fear
1: when we are when we do begin experiencing confusion the the symptoms of chaos does that mean that we need to tether our highest viewpoint that we need to journal them is that sort of letting us know, sort of a red flag. Hey, this is what you're missing, kinetic believer. You haven't been you haven't been journaling your highest viewpoint enough. You need to anchor that sucker so that you're not tossed to and fro.
0: Yes, yes, great point. Because to the observer, Meg, chaos is nothing more than a viewpoint in need of validation. That's mm-hmm. all it is. And if you covet the genius of other people, if you're coveting the, you don't have your ability to hear, and you're coveting what you think someone else may be hearing from a shepherd singing a song. Or a ballad or a, a flautist playing over on the other side of the hill. If you are coveting that while not locating your own creative purpose to promote and to embrace and love and celebrate and encourage, chaos mm. will become you it ensues on the inside and it it creates this tumultuous way of being and state of mind and it creates despair and depression and anxiety worry fear and even a, a longing for death a separation from what is because you are in despair mm. desires that are based in the fear of of losing something or not having enough Not measuring up, not winning, not uh, in producing confusion and chaos, all of those things uh, wreaks havoc on one's experience of life.
1: And it seems that one of the most important things about what you're telling us is is the sense that chaos will produce more chaos Mm -hmm. peace will produce more peace and so that's why these energetics it is so important to go through life being hyper aware of what you're participating in what you're receiving what you are allowing yourself to be saturated with the conversations you're having the, the relationships that you're participating in because i mean you feel it i know that many many years ago before i was a kinetic believer one little chaotic thing would happen and man there is the hurricane coming the the tornado of chaos was on its way because of one thing that happened and you can see it and but it it seems like it works in both ways it seems like it, it they negative energetics and positive energetics produce more of their own
0: they certainly do but the thing about negative energetics is it's Filled with deceptions and Mm -hmm. and deceptions that come from a a need to protect yourself from condemnation. And so what looks like is right is really wrong. And what looks like is wrong is really right. Filled with deception. So how do we make sure that we're not being deceived by the noise of chaos, by the noise of deception? How do we even find that clarity Mm -hmm. to let clarity be our guide? How do we do this? Mm -hmm. Kinetic believers we live by the clarity of our best expectations. And if something is showing up that does not meet that standard, then we cast it down. We don't receive it. We don't consider it. We don't observe it. We don't. Wow. we don't allow that mental construct to remain while we create a narrative that defends ourselves or justifies ourselves or or listen to a narrative that is seeking to validate the noise and the confusion. Kinetic believers are living by the clarity of their best expectations and as such, they're able to avoid any kind of actions, taking an action that may end up being uh, detrimental to the advancing of our, our, our mind, body, and soul toward the perfected completion that we are enjoying. You and I right now in this moment, we're enjoying the perfected completion of that peace that we talk about, mind, body, and soul. And so here in quantum physics, so much has changed in our understanding in, in just the last nine years. There are... Particle behaviors that are so unpredictable that they appear to be random. And the appearance of, like we're talking about, chaos, even in, I always like going back to the beginning or going back to the to the micro to understand the macro. The appearance of chaos affects those who are not looking within for their truth. Mm. And then those who aren't self-centered in, in this way, they become maddened by the optics of chaos and addicted to it. I've got to go back to the news. I've got to. That's my source for this madness that I'm now addicted to because it stimulates me. And, and, and that kind of chaos, it's um, not part of the advancing universe as such. It's really part of decay and the diminishing life. Mm. Arthur Schopenhauer, who was the German philosopher, a German, not the, there are many German <laughs> philosophers. He was a German philosopher. And he said that we can divide thinkers into those who think for themselves and those who think through others. Those who think through others is the rule, and those who think for themselves, the exception. Kinetic believers are the exception, avatars are the exception. Those who are living their best lives are the exception. The universe is continually dividing itself into parallel worlds, each with an alternate outcome. And so there is such a thing as an objective reality. And there is such a thing as a subjective reality. Life is and will be whatever you say it is and you have final you have final say you have final authority over what your journey is going to look like and you do have options in quantum physics each choice that you're ever faced with has very real consequences and so what does this mean for all of us it means that it's up to us to make this universe count for us and so we choose our desires in accordance with the fate of our original purpose and in a way that's going to leave, leave you with no regrets, you're not going to get to into this run and go, gosh darn it, if I had just done that one thing, if I just chased after my curiosity for this other thing, what would my life have looked like? How could I have really made a difference while I was here? Go ahead and imagine for the dream job. Be courageous enough to stand up for yourself and navigate through the noise of negative source energy by not participating with it. And when you do this, you're able to stretch yourself every day to advance your mind, soul, and your body throughout your life and then beyond. And yes, I'll tell you that there are so many different outcomes to every single possible observation that your bias could ever consider. But there is no other universe that has this version of you in it there is no other future for you other than the one that you choose to believe yourself into so we make this life and you make this life and your next life your best one by never again considering the confusion the madness the insanity of it all all that chaos that may try to surround you Stop considering it, don't observe it, and consider and observe what you choose to believe and live the beautiful life. Mm, wow. Say some highest viewpoints out <laughs> loud and, and firm this thing up and make it so. Mm. Just say this. Say, I know I'm beautifully made. I know I'm beautifully made. And I'm perfectly healthy. And I'm perfectly healthy. And wealthy. And wealthy. And wisdom already belongs to me.
1: Wisdom already belongs to me.
0: I'm flowing in the direction of well-being.
1: I'm flowing in the direction of well-being.
0: I'm not distracted by confusion and chaos.
1: I'm not distracted by confusion and chaos.
0: Love dwells within me.
1: Love dwells within me.
0: I am in love with myself.
1: Mm, I'm in love with myself.
0: I unconditionally love all others.
1: (laughs) I unconditionally love all others others.
0: I am continually mastering the universe around me.
1: I am continually mastering the universe around me.
0: By journaling my highest viewpoints.
1: By journaling my highest viewpoints.
0: These are my guideposts. These are my guideposts. For living my best life. For living my best life. I have no fear in my life. I
1: have no fear in my life.
0: I don't chase after chaos. I
1: don't chase after chaos.
0: Because I'm not surprised by chaos. <laughs> because
1: I'm not surprised by chaos.
0: Since I'm not surprised by chaos. And since
1: I'm not surprised by chaos.
0: I'm not interested in chaos. I'm
1: not interested in chaos. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and where there is unconditional love
1: and where there is unconditional love there can
0: be no confusion
1: there can be no confusion
0: i am a light
1: i am a light for
0: those that know me
1: for those that know me
0: for those that meet me
1: for those that meet me
0: and for those and for those that will never see me again <laughs>
1: <laughs> that will never see me again you know i have to say probably one of my favorite things that you said today is that it's up to us to make this universe count for us Powerful, powerful words to carry with us. I have a quick question for you, Steve. We we got a, a message the other day, and somebody wrote in they finished their 100 day guided journal. Wow. Congratulations. Congratulations! What, what yeah. a feat! Yes. Um, but she she asked. She said, "Can I order another journal or and and do this repeat this process?" She said, "But will that undo um, any of the work that I've already done?"
0: No, it's a linear pursuit, and I, I'm journaling for life, and I hope you are too. <laughs> and, and absolutely, when you get to the end of one, you continue right on because yes. you, you can see where you've been, and it's just like the the journeyman on the high seas. Mm-hmm. You you don't discard yesterday's uh, uh, charted course. it's all part of the linear pursuit of living your best life. So when you get to the end, begin again. I love that. Absolutely.
1: Journaling is life. And you can find the journal at stephencanyon.com.
0: Absolutely. Sending out much love and much light to all you KB creatives all around the world.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And thanks (laughs) as usual, Stephen, for all the wisdom. Bye.